Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That, that bit's important. Hello from Leeds, welcome to the Bugle Ashes Zoltzcast review of day two of the Headingley test. Uh, joining me today, producer Chris. Chris, can we just uh, start the show by using the bit from all the other shows we've done so far where I say, <laughs> what an extraordinary day of cricket, it's perfectly balanced and brilliant play and some unfathomably brainless play, shame England can't catch, Cummins is good, Stokes is good, hard to say what's going to happen today but it's beautifully set up and either side could still win it from here. Just replay that and then uh, we'll record the rest fresh. Great. Consider it done, yeah. Okay, well let's let's pick up at the end of that. It's uh, I mean it was it was genuinely another extraordinary day, albeit one that had a lot of extremely conventional cricket in it. <laughs> Essentially, we had two traditional passages of play: England batting carefully through the morning after losing a couple of early wickets, going at about three and over till lunch. And then Australia batting through their innings in, it was almost like some kind of, I don't know, 1960s nostalgia play at times, going about two and a half and over, uh, but with some a couple of extraordinary, um, I don't know, decision-making errors that we'll come to later. Uh, so essentially, and then in the middle there was this 95 of 10.2 overs after lunch. It was a day that was like a slow-moving but constantly intriguing film, gradually exploring the inner lives of its characters as they're slowly revealed and almost imperceptibly develop subtle shifts in the narrative of their lives, occasional jolts that push the story along with all the flaws, qualities and struggles of the human condition explored and expressed. Some very arty cinematography and elegant background music adding to a movie that doesn't exactly get you thrumming with excitement but engages your mind and soul throughout. Either side of 15 minutes of a zombie slasher chainsaw gimp <laughs> porn version of the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. It was, uh, it was yeah, another... Bizarre day. Did you? Did you? Uh, did you? Did you? Did you get to see that that crazy sort of hour after lunch? It it was brilliant, and uh, you know there was a brief moment, and I I wanted to text you, and I knew I couldn't because <laughs> I was like, Wood's going to get his tongue. Wood's going to get his tongue, <laughs> and I was like, but I don't want to jinx it. I mean, in in the end, obviously he was it was never going to keep going, but it was it was brilliant to watch, and 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 just on what you said there, I love the idea of watching Saving Private Ryan or a zombie movie where the soundtrack is. Barmy army, barmy army. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know if you know. Maybe that would have helped with the uh, in in combat in the past. I mean, oh, you, it would have really armies you in, chanting, yeah. didn't you? The sort of you know, you imagine the the Viking hordes. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it was Andy. What, what I agree. There was there was a lot of conventional cricket. I think there was a lot of new cricket. I thought it was quite a significant day for some players who have been around a very long time. It felt like there were some pivotal moments. Can I throw a few questions at Go you about yeah. some of these people? Let's start with Steve Smith. Yes. How has he got so mortal, particularly sometime in the third and fourth innings of games? Yeah, this is one of the most extraordinary statistics that I think... Test cricket has ever thrown up. So since the start of the last Ashes in Australia, the 2021-22 Ashes, Steve Smith has batted 15 times in the second innings for Australia. He has a highest score of 35 and an average of 21 <laughs> in those innings. And, and this is one of the greatest players of all time. Um, now, 
Uh, people have always said with Smith that he has such an unconventional technique that is so dependent on the brilliance of his eyes and reaction that mm. he, he might decline earlier in his career than someone who's got a purer, more conventional technique. But uh, even so, you know, he's been doing pretty well in first innings still, maybe not quite as dominant as he was in, in his sort of peak year, sort of 2014 through to 2019. Mm. Um but this is this is amazing. I mean, there are a few kind of glitches through cricket history like this. Wally Hammond, one of England's greatest players, had a I think a fourteen test sequence in the mid nineteen thirties, which should have been his kind of peak years uh, when he was around about thirty, early thirties uh, years of age, in which he didn't even make fifty. Um, so there, you do get these occasional on either side of that. He had long periods when he's averaging mid seventy. So you get these yeah. these sort of slight little bloops in players goes that a word we'll go we'll go with that but for smith not to have passed 35 in 15 second innings is absolutely extraordinary and we talked um uh, probably early about how when uh, during the world test final we had justin langer on who used to used to coach him for australia and said he doesn't sleep very well during games so i don't know what they need to do but this was only day two uh you know because i don't understand that if that was you know if he's struggling on days four and five but it he it was an extraordinary shot he played. Moeen Ali picked up two wickets, well, really tidily, but didn't really bowl many balls that seemed to have the batters in trouble. Picked up the wickets of, of Labuschagne and Smith with two unbelievable, like I said, decision-making errors. Labuschagne swept a really careless sweep shot in the air to a player on the boundary, and Smith just you know, clipped it off his legs in the air. The kind of shot that, you know, if a child plays it, you say, you've got to just pay a little more attention there. Um... And he's, you know, as I said, in his hundredth test, has the the most runs and the highest average of anyone after one hundred tests, and there it was, just donated a well, a potentially series turning wicket because I would rather be in England's position now, though the the wind still has Australia slightly ahead. But I think given you know what England have done in the last uh, last couple, even what they did at Lords, they you know I don't think chasing scares them, and Australia I think need a lot more runs before they will feel even slightly safe. And Marnus won't be getting any of those runs either. I know we've already talked about him a bit, but this yes. he his his getting in and getting out run continues as well. Yes, last eleven tests, twenty innings, two fifties, but only two single figure dismissals. Lots of starts. He's reached twenty, I think, in six out of eight innings this summer, the World wow. Test final and three Ashes tests. So he's lost the art of concentration. So who do we blame for Marnus Labuschagne's form? I blame. <laughs> TikTok culture, the disposable nature of modern life. I even blame the 100. Maybe this was England's tactic with developing the 100, this competition that absolutely no one wanted and no one needed and uh, was totally unnecessary. And, you know, for all the good it's done for women's cricket in particular, it could have done that without inventing a new and, and shitter version of cricket. Um, maybe it was all a plan to undermine Marnus Labuschagne for this year's Ashes, for him to think, oh, well, cricket is just disposable entertainment. I don't need to dig in and bat for hours and hours and hours like I used to. So, Or, or the other alter, the only other explanation, Chris, is that Marnus Labuschagne in 2019... When he, uh, he started the 2019 summer with a first-class batting average of around about 32. Um, played a few tests for Australia, done okay, but nothing special. I think he made a Faustian pack with the devil. Yeah. Uh, but that it only lasted until mid-December 2022. And now he's... Uh, and in that period, he averaged, I think, over 65, 25 test matches, 10 hundreds, numerous other 50s. Um, and now he's just returning to the real Marnus Labuschagne. So I, I personally, I blame um, devil worship. 
I would actually say both both your points there could be valid. It sounds like he ran out of form when Elon Musk took over Twitter. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and that sucked him back into the socials. Obviously, Threads launched this week, which the Bjorn right. does have an account on, which oh, must well, have driven him even crazier. Yeah. This is the problem. Okay. Well, I mean, that's it's, it's all interesting, and these, you know, these key 1%. And I, I guess there will be players who do better uh, under Elon Musk's... Yeah. Um, governorship of Twitter and players who do worse and I guess the other selectors have to start factoring that in <laughs> can we can we like Pulp Fiction the show can can move around in, in time at any point it likes um, <laughs> can we go back to the first over of, of the day oh yes I, I, yep. I was watching it and I thought why do I keep seeing wickets in the first over of the day am I am I wrong here it does keep happening right well it certainly happened at Lords with uh, Ben Stokes being got out by Mitchell Stark uh, with uh the first ball that Stark bowled to Stokes that day, uh, Cummins to Root yesterday, second ball of the day. And it mm. does raise a very important question, Chris. You know, is this within the spirit of the game to bowl <laughs> really nasty lifting balls just on or outside off stump right at the start of the day's play? I mean, it's another a cricket doesn't need more spirit of the game controversies, but the way Australia are bowling these first overs really makes you ask questions about them. When you compare cricket to, say, tennis... So mm. tennis, before play, before the start of a match, or if you're restarting a game after after a rain delay, or if it's carried over to the next day, you knock up with your opponents, don't you? You hit balls to each other. You know that's you know a very it's good. It's good practice. Nice, yeah, friendly thing to do. So surely those fir that first couple of overs of the day should just be the bowlers bowling at the the batters, batters you know having a go at it, and then you start the cricket for real when everyone's everyone's warmed up. So it just seems really unfair to you know root on his home ground at Headingley. Everyone's come to see Joe Root bat. They haven't come to see Pat Cummins bowl. He spoils everyone's day. This is classic Australian gamesmanship. I am playing a friendly game of cricket today, Andy, where there is a rule that you can't get out off the first ball. Oh, right. and, and I think Test Match Cricket should take that rule very seriously. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you, you mentioned Pat Cummins there. I'm starting to think... For someone who's played as many tests of him, he's as you, as you said, Steve Smith is the best batter at a hundred tests. Uh, Cummins is starting to feel to me like he's entering the all-time great category. Uh, I, I, he, I mean, his average seems very low. He, I, I'm not quite, still not in hundred percent sure what type of bowler he is, <laughs> because people say he's not a swing bowler, and then he was getting reverse swing yesterday as well. It will, it will be good to get your 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 take and your your numbers on him. Well, he's a really interesting bowler, Cummins, because he's quick, but he's not super quick. Mm. He moves the ball, but he doesn't bowl sort of hooping magic deliveries generally. Yeah. I mean, the odd one, the one that got Ollie Pope at Edgebaston was, I think, in the hooping magic category, and uh, he bowled a beauty to get Harry Brook at uh, at Lords as well, that bowled about, moved up the slope at Lords. So he, he bowls good ball. But the thing with Cummins is, he might not bowl many magic balls, but he bowls an almost obscene number of really good balls at mm. a high pace um and he got uh, six for yesterday it's his first uh, five wicket haul in a test in england um and he doesn't have that many over his career i think it was his ninth overall which is you know a decent number but not yeah. you know not sort of you know whacker unit who had sort of 17 in his first three matches or whatever um but what cummins has is just remorseless excellence. He's played nine tests in England. He's taken at least four wickets in all of them. He's taken at least uh, three wickets in all 17 
Ashes tests that he's played. It might be 80 now. I can't remember. I have to, have to update yeah. it. But let's say. I mean, it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> um, only two bowlers in the history of test cricket in England have taken four wickets in more consecutive games. Uh, Stuart Broad had a 10-match sequence a few years ago. Glenn McGrath, 13 matches in a row in his uh, phenomenal career uh, for Australia. Um, and Cummins has now joined Alec Bedser, Johnny Wardle, a couple of post-war England greats, Malcolm Marshall, one of, yeah. who many people say is the greatest fast bowler of all time, Jimmy Anderson, and uh, more recently Ollie Robinson, uh, with four wickets in nine consecutive tests in England. 235 wickets, average under 22 currently. Uh, there's a short list of bowlers who've averaged under 22 after their 53rd test. Um, Wacker Eunice, Alan Donald, Malcolm Marshall, Kirtley Ambrose, Joel Garner and Sean Pollock. At the 53 test mark, which admittedly, Chris, is not a stat that many people um, no. <laughs> spend a lot of time looking at, but since he's in his 53rd test, let's go with that. Uh, he's got the 15, uh, 15th most wickets, and he could move up a few places in the second innings. Mm. Um, very similar to uh, Glenn McGrath after 53 tests, averaged 22.7, 244 wickets, so Cummins slightly lower average, slightly fewer wickets. If you look at uh, bowlers in recent years who've had a better average over 53 tests at any point in their careers... Uh, with um, you know similar number of wickets, Rabada, Ashwin, Stain, Muralitharan, McGrath, um, <laughs> Alan Donald. Uh, you know, so basically a lot of the absolute greats of modern yep. uh, modern bowling. Um, so he is, as, as you say, right up there. And um, I don't know. He's, I mean, he's got a, I guess a bit like a faster version of Glenn McGrath. Uh, yeah. Just bowls good balls all the fucking time, which. Um, is great to watch, and if you're wanting England to win, quite irritating to watch. Uh, good. That 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 does does answer my question. Is he becoming an all-time great? And the answer seems to be very much yes. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Oh, uh, just, just one quick stat, Ron. He's the first Australian um, captain to take a six-wicket innings against England since Richie Benno in the sixty-two, sixty-three series. Oh, good. I like that. I like that. One quick question, then 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 a bit a bit of a final thought. So so we we have to mention Mark Woods batting again. It was. It wasn't just the joy batted. I, I, there was. It was f- f- the from ball one batting. Uh, you've got some numbers on this, right? Yes. So he came out. So Chris Wokes was out the last ball before lunch. 142 for seven. England still 120 odd behind. You're thinking, oh, this is not looking. This is. This could be a significant first innings deficit. And Wood apparently, uh, one of my TMS colleagues, saw him in the indoor nets during lunch practicing <laughs> whacking it. Yeah. And he came out, he hit the first ball after lunch for a massive six, then a four, then another six. I was delving around in my stats <laughs> database to find out players who got off the mark with a six, and then he had a four and a six by the time that stat had come up. Only one other player has scored 16 off the first three balls of a test innings. And I think if I'd asked everyone in the TMS team, everyone in the cricket press box, everyone in the, everyone in the world who that player was, no one would have got it. Uh, and I'll be honest, it was a player who was um, fairly new to me as well. Uh, a chap called E.A.V. Williams, known as Foffy Williams, in 1948 for West Indies against England. He was a fast bowler who liked to give it a whack, so yeah. very much in the Mark Wood category. And he began against England with 664444 off the bowling of Jim Laker and Jack Eikin. So, um, that, uh, yeah, that puts Wood's... Um, innings in 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 perspective, twenty four of his first six balls, um, and then a dot, and then out. Uh, it was, uh, but it did. It felt one of those things that, you know, if it, if if Wood has scored twenty four or fifty balls, you'd think, oh, that's quite a significant shift in the game. But the fact that he did it in ten minutes, it, did, it changed the whole 
tone, and then Stokes was put in the classic Stokes situation. Yeah. Um, where he uh, he could um, use his extraordinary skills to get England up to uh, to almost parity. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary Freaknik: The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun. A reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It made it such a weird over because obviously they'd gone to lunch at the start of the over on a wicket. And then by the end of that over, when the ball had been crashed all over the place, it, it felt <laughs> weird. It felt weird statistically to say that was the same period of play. That was the same passage of play because they were, they were very different. Um, I want to, I want to mention David Warner. I have been chatting to some friends. I wondered if we've seen his last ever test match knock. Is that possible? Well, it's possible, um, albeit that he won't have to play against Stuart Broad in Australia's tests uh, th- this coming winter stroke summer season, delete according to your favoured hemisphere. <laughs> um, but uh, it is really, the rivalry between Warden, Warner, and, uh, Warner and Broad has been really interesting. The first two series they played, 2013 and then the 13-14 Ashes, fairly even, 185 runs, five wickets. The next two, Warner had the edge. Broad didn't get him out in two series, 2015 and 2017 at 18, 139 runs, I think it was, not dismissed. Since then, 12 for 100. Oh, that, that's that's 12 wickets for 100, not, it does feel wow. like you know, 12 runs it's for 100 wickets, but it is, it is you know, 100 <laughs> runs for 12 wickets over the last three series. 7 for 35, famously, in 2019, got him out a couple of times for, um, I think, 35, uh, 30 runs in, in Australia now, it's 3 for 35. In this series, I feel like it's reaching the point, Chris, where Warner is going to face up to Broad, and as he runs into bowl past the umpire, he's just going to turn around and smash his stumps down and say, "Let's just save everyone <laughs> the time and effort and get to where we're inevitably going." Uh, it is yeah. one of the most extraordinary dominations of an extremely good batter by an extremely good bowler. Um, but it does, yes. I mean, Warner's batted pretty well this summer, and he's he's not got big numbers, but he's been quite influential in 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 the game so far until this one. Just you know, making good starts in tricky conditions, but uh, he he does look now now that he almost knows what's going to happen, and Broad knows what's going to happen, and and the crowd knows what's going to happen. Like it's like a Greek tragedy, isn't it? You know what's going to happen, but it's still worth watching. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or pantomime, um, which feels more appropriate in the crowds these days. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy, any, any stats of the day that you want to share as well? Uh, well, other than the the Smith in second innings uh, stat, uh, th- this was my my. Uh, uh, this showed. I mean, it's been such a dramatic game. Everyone said, "Oh, what a great pitch for batting it is." Also, a great pitch for bowling. But the teams have been out in the combined first innings, five hundred in one hundred and thirteen point one overs. It's the third time since the start of last summer in the basballistic era. Uh, in 11 home tests, that the two sides' first innings combined have lasted for less than 120 overs. And that was as many uh, times that's happened in a test in England 
as they were from 1937 to the year 2000. <laughs> so that's further evidence of how cricket has been a few more recently. So, you know, we've seen cricket has changed since the start of the millennium. This is not a, su- a sudden thing. It became um, sort of faster moving, more risk based over a couple of decades, more attacking play, slightly less robust defensive techniques slightly less honed concentration skills, I think, over over recent decades, and that's probably accelerated. But the the last couple of summers, we have seen this sort of fast-forward cricket, and uh, this game has been a classic example of it. Uh, One-word question, Andy. Uh, Will there still be play on (laughs) Sunday? Well, uh, there's a rain forecast today, so maybe. I think if there was no rain, (laughs) then I think it's going to finish today. And I will tell you who wins. Uh, tomorrow, I've, I've written my I've written my prediction down on this little bit of paper, but I'm not going to tell you now. Fair enough. Yeah, we don't we don't want to upset the bookies. So. Uh, thank you for listening to the Bugle Ashes Zoltzcast. If you've enjoyed it, do tell all your friends and indeed all your enemies and work colleagues. We'll be back tomorrow to tell you what happened exclusively uh, on day three of the Headingley Test match. Uh, do listen to all the other stuff in the Bugle Stable at thebuglepodcast.com. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to you for listening. May the cricket be with you. Amen.